Hello, welcome to Weekly Dose with Dr. Uday, where all your questions for your primary care doctor are answered. Our goal is to help our listeners make their wellness a priority and live out long, enjoyable, and fulfilling lives. All right, we are on. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Weekly Dose with Dr. Uday. This is an exciting episode for me. I have one of my friends from medical school, actually. So Dr. Ronald Lee is here with us today, and he is going to be talking to us all about um, bipolar disorder in children. So I am so happy to have him here with me today. So before I get into all of that, I'll start with introductions. So for those that don't know me, I am Dr. Uday. I'm a board certified family medicine physician. I'm based in Martinsburg, West Virginia. I own a primary care practice, namely Apple Valley Family Medicine. And um, I also practice aesthetics. My goal with those uh, two modalities is to have my patients not only feeling good, but looking good. So to get right to it, I have Dr. Ronald Lee with me today. He is a board certified child and adolescent psychiatrist. He's working in the inpatient setting at Shepherd Pratt, which is in Townsend, Maryland. And he sees adolescent patients. And he also has a special interest in mood and anxiety disorders. So Dr. Lee, thank you so much for being here. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, so awesome. Thank you so much. So, and as a disclaimer, guys, just so you know, this, the content that we're going through is for information purposes only. Um, If you have any personal concerns um, that you would like to go over with your physician or um, that needs treatment, definitely direct that to your personal physician. All right, Dr. Lee, so um, bipolar disorder in children, what is that? Um, What is it from your perspective? Yeah, it, it, nowadays it's become a little bit of a sort of controversial diagnosis because a few years back it was like a lot of kids were being labeled as bipolar when they weren't quite reaching like the criteria that we would use for an adult patient. So, I mean, I think there's a lot for us to discuss because I think in the past a lot of kids who used to be given the diagnosis of bipolar probably didn't really have it, honestly. So. Okay. So from your perspective, when you hear bipolar disorder in children, what would you say that is? Yeah, we, we try to give that diagnosis very judiciously these days. I mean, the things we, we, we really look for are like this clear pattern of like decreased need for sleep. So a lot of these kids can go days on end without sleeping or much or very little. And usually when they're up, they're actually very active. They're like doing things. They're very goal-oriented and doing activities. And they usually are usually more impulsive during those times, can be more irritable, kind of grandiose as well, like maybe thinking they can do certain things or have certain superpowers. So those are kind of the things we're looking out for. So kind of extreme things, kind of, yeah. Now, the other thing, are there types of bipolar disorder um, in children? Yes, we tend to categorize it as like type 1 or type 2. Type 1 would be the more severe type of bipolar. Those would be the kind of patients that could have symptoms that last for a week or more where they're kind of in this sort of manic phase and type two would be a little bit more on the less severe end of things, but still having some of the same symptoms. So definitely type one would be more severe. And some of these kids with type one can even present with other things like psychosis, like sometimes losing touch with reality and like having hallucinations. So 
these are the yeah more severe cases i would say okay and then as far as symptoms i know you touched on it so for people out there listening on um, what um, symptoms would you think of that they you know with seeing a child and have concern for them yeah it, it's very interesting because the the diagnosis of bipolar nowadays sometimes is in the past it was almost given too early but now it's kind of delayed because a lot of people don't think about bipolar as much these days in kids but because a lot of times like these kids initially will present more as depressed quite honestly like the first episodes may be more like looking like depression but when you start hearing some of these more manic kind of symptoms like the kind of decreased need for sleep and sometimes grandiose thoughts or sometimes even like risk-taking behaviors doing things that are out of character for them that's when you kind of get more concerned about the sort of bipolar spectrum of things, yeah. Gotcha. And then um, from your perspective with diagnosis, what, when you um, have a child in front of you that you're going to diagnose with um, bipolar disorder, what, what, what is when a, a parent brings a child into you, what are they expecting? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it comes from the parent report because sometimes when kids are in this kind of more manic phase, they, they don't realize like the destruction or like, what kind of the behaviors are affecting the people around them, including their families and friends. So a lot of the stuff you actually get from asking the like, questions to the parents, the caretakers of the kids. And obviously, the if, if the kid is truly manic or hypomanic, you will probably also see some of those things yourself when you meet them as well. But a lot of it does come from the parent report, yeah. Okay, and so with the diagnosis, it's those questions on the symptoms to make that diagnosis. Yeah, the, unfortunately, bipolar is, especially in kids, is more like a clinical diagnosis. So we don't have like some sort of magic lab test that we can order to diagnose. I wish we did, but we don't. So it, it's more like kind of getting to know the kid, getting to know the family, and hearing their concerns and seeing if bipolar meets what, what's, what they're kind of experiencing. Okay, and then as far as treatment, what are the options for treatment from your perspective? Yeah, first and foremost, of course, is safety, right? So sometimes when a, a patient is in this kind of like acute manic phase, it's just too much for the parents to manage at home. So a lot of times, like maybe I'm a little skewed because I work more on the inpatient end of things. So I, I often see kids and teenagers in crisis, but they're presenting usually to us when they're coming like to the emergency room because like they're just not functioning like in the community. But if it's a more milder case where they kind of go to see their primary care doctor, uh, I would, yeah, I would usually advise them to if they if they suspect mania or bipolar disorder to to probably refer them to a psychiatrist or child psychiatrist to to get a more definitive kind of diagnosis. Gotcha. And so, as far as the treatments, is it um, medications? Is it therapy? What do you end up doing? Um, I think a lot of the times it's sort of a combination of both. Uh, but I think in general, if, if if there is a high suspicion for bipolar disorder, many of them will end up on some sort of medication to help stabilize their mood. Because otherwise, yeah, it, in, a, in a truly manic phase, it, it can be very scary for parents, yeah. And then from the, and this is kind of from the perspective um, of the, the parent. So once, you know, the diagnosis has happened and there's treatment, how what's the expectation you know down the road as far as care you know are they seen every three months are they seen every six is it dependent on the patient um, yeah i think that really depends on a patient i feel like again with uh, with us when we're seeing these patients on the inpatient setting we obviously advise the families to follow up much more frequently than that but if it's some something in the community then yeah i would i initially i would still try to go pretty frequently at least like once a month 
if they're stable, then maybe you could start spacing out the appointments a little bit more. But yeah. Absolutely. So guys, you have heard it. So if you have um, any um, children with this kind of symptoms, then definitely call in and talk to your physician and your doctor about this. So uh, Dr. Lee, I'm going to um, switch gears and this is going to be more of a question about you. I usually ask all my guests that come on, why do you do what you do? So why do you do what you do, doc? Yeah. I mean, I feel like in general, child psychiatry is a very sort of fulfilling career. I mean, I feel like you get to intervene very early in the trajectory of these young people's lives. And and hopefully the early detection, early treatment can, can lead to great outcomes because, I mean, a lot of our disorders that we treat, unfortunately, will persist into adulthood. So it is something that needs to be managed long term. But I feel fortunate to be able to be usually one of the first providers to be involved with these kids and their families. Yeah. Absolutely. Well needed. We really appreciate the work that you do. The other question, this is completely unrelated, but I, I usually ask it um, because it the answer is usually very helpful to our listeners. And that question is, um, if you had an opportunity to meet your 20-year-old self hmm. with all the experience that you've had thus far, what would you say to your 20-year-old self or what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? Yeah, that's a great question. Wow, I don't think I've ever been asked that question before. So let me think about it. So my 20-year-old self, that would mean maybe still in college, even, <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, I guess I, before college, yes. Yeah. So I guess I would advise my younger self just to really just keep an open mind about things, just be curious and be willing to learn and be a lifetime learner. I feel like we all have things to learn, right? Nobody knows everything. So just, yeah, just keep a curious mind and be open to asking questions and yeah, see where life leads you. <laughs> that is awesome. So Dr. Lee, that's it. We, we got everything out, everybody. Dr. Lee has given all the information. So actually, how can people get a hold of you or connect with you if they, they wanted to get more information? Yeah. So, I mean, Again, I'm, I'm in Maryland, so I'm located right outside Baltimore. So we do get a lot. We, Shepherd Pratt is fortunate that we do have a psychiatric urgent care clinic. So where people in the community can come directly to our Towson campus and be seen by like a provider. And, and then they determine like what level of care needs to be had. So some people, they refer back into the community to see like a therapist or psychiatrist. And other times when it's it's an acute crisis they'll refer them to be hospitalized with us on the inpatient and things and there's and the services all in between as well like partial programs and day hospitals so that's probably the easiest way yeah you yeah like i said i'm located in towson maryland so right outside baltimore so uh shepherd pratt is fortunate enough that we have a psychiatric urgent care where patients in the community can come directly to our campus and be evaluated and and usually they'll determine what level of care someone needs to go to like if if things can be handled in the community, they'll make referrals to for therapists and providers in the community. But if it is more higher level, then they will refer to like to someone like me on the inpatient end of things. And the service is everywhere in between as well for partial hospital and day hospital programs. So, yeah, that's probably the easiest way. That is awesome. Thank you so much. So, guys, um, look him up. Um, and you can also um, check out Shepherd Pratt um, if you feel that you need that information or need that service. Um, if you're looking for a primary care physician, um, we're accepting new patients at Apple Valley Family Medicine. Our number is 304-350-1087. And you can also find us online at www.applevalleyfamilymed. Thank you so much for listening. Please like and 
share because somebody could benefit from the information. And you guys have a wonderful week. Thank you, Dr. Lee. Bye. Thank you. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe, share, and include a review. Don't forget, you're worth it. And your health is our priority. Tune in for another episode next week and have a great rest of your week.